0: Welcome to Outside by Design, the podcast about the business side of creativity in the outdoor industry. I talk to some of our industry's finest leaders, entrepreneurs, freelancers, and creatives about crafting a life and a career based on being outside. What's up, all you marketing managers and brand managers and writers and creatives? Welcome to the podcast. This is your host, Lisa Slagle, owner of Wheelie Creative, a creative agency for people who thrive outside. What is going on? Today I am recording this podcast from the UP of Michigan. I'm sitting in a parked camper um, posted up next to some free Wi Fi, and it's raining really hard, so I hope the sound isn't too bad in this coming podcast Um, on a workcation, which is something that we do at my company, Wheelie. Three weeks out of the year, you can still work normal hours, but work from wherever you want. So it's my turn. And I went to the UP, like a Uber, eating a lot of pasties, which is a largely meat eating tradition up here. But I'm finding some Delicious veggie ones, and also had to make my own. So I'm making it work. Um, but anyway, today on the podcast, I have the honor of talking to my friend Jen Gwerecki. She is the CEO of Coalition Snow, and she's also starting a print magazine called Sisu. So she is a badass. If you don't know Jen Gwerecki, you should. She's one of the smartest human beings I have ever met. She's outspoken, she's thoughtful. Jen is one of my favorite human beings, and I am just so happy every time I get to talk to her. So I think you're going to like this episode because Jen doesn't hold back, and she talks about testing society and what it means to be a woman right now and how women are trending and um, the SIA diversity report. That's fascinating. So tune in for that. You're going to want to know what the SIA diversity report reported because it's pretty interesting. And um, I think Jen is not scared of hard work. She's not scared of testing herself and her limits and seeing what society thinks of it. And Jen, Jen's amazing. So I think you're going to love this episode. Enjoy. Hey, Jen, thanks for being here today. My pleasure. So the first question we always ask everybody is to describe their setting and tell us where you are.
1: This is this is not going to be impressive at all. I am sitting on my bed in a closet because that's where I sleep. I turned the one bedroom in my apartment into the office for Coalition, which forced me to put a double mattress in a closet. Um, so I'm sitting there right now because there's somebody in the Coalition office shipping skis and snowboards right now. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm hanging out in a closet. <laughs> <laughs> that's really yep. good. I
0: recorded um a podcast a few weeks ago sitting in a closet on top of a bucket.
1: Oh, nice. That's a that's an added element of adventure with the bucket. <laughs> yeah. I've got but pillows yeah. and everything. I'm cozy. I'm like pillows. I got my blanket up on me, so I'm definitely cozy, but it's not um it's not the luxurious life that you think I'm I'm living here.
0: I really enjoy this because it is like the reality behind the like hashtag lady boss and mm-hmm. entrepreneurship is like, no, I'm living in a closet. <laughs>
1: totally, <laughs> I'm living in a closet and I ate carrot sticks and fake chicken nuggets for lunch. Okay. So that's, yeah, that's what's happening.
0: Wow. Like, mm-hmm. like the non meat chicken nuggets.
1: Yeah. The, like the, the spicy Buffalo ones. And then I take blue cheese and I mix it with a little bit of hot sauce and it's, that's what I do. Yeah.
0: That's what, that's what CEOs do. I hear.
1: Yeah, totally. That's how we roll.
0: <laughs> the launch of champions. <laughs> totally. So a lot of our listeners, just for your background info, are like editorial, um, like definitely a lot of journalists and photographers and creatives. Uh, So that's who you're talking to this whole time. Okay. And you're really awesome for our audience in that you own a ski company, Coalition mm-hmm. Snow.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Which is amazing, and you probably talk to editorial folks all the time doing ski demos and everything like that. So um, I think you'll have a lot of really valuable things for our audience. I hope so. So how do you start? How did you start a ski company as a snowboarder and as a person? Just how I don't even know how you ended up starting a ski company.
1: Well, we do make snowboards too, so that's important to note. So we are a ski and snowboard company. But very fair question of how does a snowboarder even get into skis. And um I would say that it was probably the best and worst decision I've ever made in my life to do this uh, because it is really hard. I mean, just everything that you would think about is difficult. But I was out on a backcountry ski trip. I was on my split board, there's skiers, and we were just talking about what was happening in the industry and going on with women. And things were starting to feel like they were changing a little bit. So we were just talking about the representation of women in media the way that they were being portrayed through photography Um, and it just sort of created this larger conversation about what would be a way to really shake up the industry. Um, And also for forever, we've known that women just need to have more choices when it comes to a, when it comes to their equipment. And when we were having this conversation six years ago, like this was way before the whole, you know, hashtag shrink it and pink it, and lady boss. Like ski and snowboard companies weren't having these discussions about women, um, and so it was really like we were really one of the first people to 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 do this and say like let's let's like see what we can make happen. It was really sort of a test, like we were testing society to see if they would accept women who were manufacturing skis and boards. Like what would happen in the industry how would people re- receive us and so i think i went into it uh pretty naively not really realizing like what it could become um and now here we are 5 years later and you know we've added another ski and a snowboard to our lineup and we're in powder magazine and um you know it's the first week of september and like tons of people are reaching out to us so it's kind of exciting and then also a lot of work but um, in terms of being able to to design skis and snowboards, you know, I don't do this by myself. So there's a lot of people who are involved. Um, we have a ton of women who test our prototypes. Uh, we've got builders who are just incredible who've been building skis and snowboards for decades. So it really is this collaborative team process. Um, and I'm by no means um, sort of like a ski or snowboard expert as much as I, really understand how to bring people together to create an end product that is, um, super high quality and, and meets, meets the demands of, of what women are looking for.
0: I like that you said that you were testing society. Yes. That's amazing and hilarious. And how did, how did that go? It was obviously well received because you've had immense growth over the last five years, but also, um, you know, how, how did that, how's that journey been?
1: well yeah it's actually really interesting because when we first started no one cared (laughs) no one cared so this once again this is before like women are so popular right now when we're trending and there's a million hashtags this was way before all of that right so um definitely when we started most people thought we were gonna fail they didn't see a need or a mark or um you know like like why are we doing it but what but what really sort of allowed us to exist is that women got it, right? So like, you'd have a lot of dudes scratching their heads and being like, I don't get it. What's the problem? And I'm like, okay, we don't need to have this conversation. Like, uh, we're, we're cool. Like, I'm going to go talk to the women over here who understand why we want better gear. And so the changes that we've seen are because women have really pushed for that change. And so now we're in this completely different time where you have panels and keynotes and and campaigns and and all of these different things around women and now we're moving into discussions around diversity equity and inclusion so we've seen a ton of change so I think that we started at the right time and I guess that hunch was was right but it's definitely helping us now and I will take advantage of it for sure
0: um when do you think women became popular
1: (sighs) like I don't know don't don't you feel like everyone started to really like us like two years ago
0: yeah it felt good
1: yeah like for the first time, people were really paying attention to us and like, oh, we should we should like talk to these women about what they're doing or, whoa, there's stuff like these women kind of know what know what's going on. Like, I feel like everything changed and a lot. Maybe it was three years ago. I don't know. But everything everything's different now. So, I mean, what's what's your take on it? Do, do you feel like things have changed a lot? Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. I think um, the whole reason that I know you. By the way, I don't even know if you know this. Is I wrote some type of article that was on Teton Gravity Research, and you wrote a positive comment on it. And and this was like probably five or six years ago. And then I clicked on your name, and I was like, "Whoa, Coalition Snow," you know. And that's how I found out. But you wrote something wildly supportive when I felt like because I wrote an article about women and women's gear, mm-hmm. and you you wrote something really nice.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, I actually did not know that that's how we met, but I'm happy to hear that story. That's (laughs) awesome. Yeah. I don't even remember writing this. That sounds like something I would do. Like, I definitely troll some of those forums and look for ways to contribute positively into the world because they're oftentimes just rife with just, like, negativity. So, um, and then particularly, like, when women are doing things, you do need to get each other's backs, for sure. But, oh, that's cool. I didn't know that.
0: It was totally random, and you wrote, Lisa Slagle is brilliant. <gasps> oh, yay. I knew- I'm so smart to know this about you. <laughs> And then I was like, who wrote that? Come on. And then I, <laughs> and then I was like, she owns a ski company. Um, so that's, that's
1: how I first learned about you. Awesome. Isn't that nice? It is really nice. And it's really like, I feel like the way that we've been able to build our friendship and, and- like build friendships and relationships with a lot of other women in the industry is because the industry has been responsive to women too. So like, I feel like we're the ones who have sort of like pushed it, but now you go to industry events and, and women are just so much more supported than they ever have been. Although we're still like, I'm no fool. We're not there yet, but it is a lot better than it used to be.
0: Yes. And I left OR like years ago just like so depressed and Mm -hmm. sad because I was trying to like go talk to people about business and and then you know I wasn't being well received and like one one guy asked if I wanted to model at his booth for the whole day (gasps) like he's like oh well why don't you sit here and try to bring people into the booth and I was like ew you know and like just Mm -hmm. just kind of like the the transition that I've seen about how women own businesses and um you know, just ladies showing up at big trade shows and things is like so different. So I think that's exciting.
1: It is exciting. Absolutely.
0: It's exciting. And, um, also, you know, I think just like everything is evolving, you know, you've gone from the ski and snowboard company to being voted, what did powder magazine call you the Beyonce of the ski
1: world? We did get called that last year, yes. That is pretty rad. I have to say like I feel like that's going to stay in my signature forever because whenever would like something you've done and Beyoncé be put in the same sentence. Never. It's never happened to me ever.
0: Do you share a mattress with someone and one one person likes the mattress soft and squishy and the other person likes the mattress to be hard like they're sleeping on the floor? There's mattresses out there for that. I don't know what they are, but I can tell you about a great creative agency, Wheelie Creative, where we know nothing about mattresses and everything about branding. Uh, We believe that life should be lived, felt, and shouted from mountaintops, and therefore, Wheelie is a new school creative agency for people who thrive outside. We do branding, strategy, content, tons of video work, tons and tons of product launches. WheelieCreative.com. You won't regret it, and we know nothing about mattresses. Now, you yourself are turning kind of an editorial direction as well, right? So now you're opening, you're starting a
1: magazine. We are starting a magazine, yes. Um, Already proving to be more challenging than we thought, but I think that's like my MO. Like, let's just pick really hard things and do it. Um... Yeah, we decided to to start this magazine for a lot of reasons, and um, we filed our trademark, we got everything dialed, and then a few weeks ago, I received an email from the Girl Scouts of America. So the magazine's name was Scout, uh, and the Girl Scouts decided that they were going to issue a cease and desist. Sat on that email for a while, spent more time, like, looking through the interwebs around how to deal with these sort of things, learned a whole lot of horrible things about, like, I was lucky that the Girl Scouts came after us and not the Boy Scouts. Um, hmm. You know, ultimately, they said that they own anything that has to do with the outdoors and the word scout. And and so even though they don't have a trademark for publications, and, and we p- potentially could have fought it, you know, my one of my rules in life is don't fight with little girls. <laughs> um, rule number one. Okay. Don't do that. Don't be, don't be that woman. who fight. Okay. And then, Oh, I'm pretty sure the Girl Scouts of America have a lot more money than we do. So um, decided that we were going to change the name. And, and, you know, this is one of those, those things of you really start to question, do we even want to do this? Like we haven't even put out the first issue yet and we're already getting cease and desist. Holy yeah. shit. So Spent a lot, like spent a weekend um, just really thinking about it and, and, and thinking about like a new name because we thought Scout was so perfect. And so like midnight, because I do a lot of like wake up in the middle of the night and do work because my phone won't turn off. And so I was like, Oh, let's Google words for the outdoors. And so I end up on this, um, outside magazine post from 2016, where it's a list of just foreign words, uh, that are related to the outdoors. And I was like kind of looking through them. So many were difficult to pronounce or like too long or didn't really have the right meaning. And then I landed on Sisu, S I -S S U. And it's a Finnish word and it embodies the spirit of perseverance, guts and grit. And I was like, wow. And uh, it had a good response. So we went with it. So, yeah, now the magazine is called Sisu, and the first issue is going to be out the first week of December. And we're super excited. We've got some really incredible people involved in the first issue Um, Julie Brown, who was the editor at Powder Magazine, Jenny Brusso from Unlikely Hikers, um, a ton of cool people. So, we're doing it. It's happening. It's exciting. And totally overwhelming and terrifying all at the same time you're doing it yeah
0: I love it okay so sisu Mm s-i-s-u that is a really cool word it kind of looks like a logo just by itself Mm -hmm. it does so that's exciting you're
1: not (laughs) fighting a single little girl no we're not we're not fighting with little girls we have a unique name Mm -hmm. that means something really cool and means something to us right so I think when for me getting into this editorial side and and thinking about creating content, it has to be real. And it has to be something that you can really speak to time and time again. And so the the word like the entire concept is I just feel like, like I said, like my like existence on this planet. So I'm really excited to be able to use that as a guiding theme of a lot of the stories and um, artwork and photography that we'll have in in each issue.
0: So why did you decide to start a magazine which is a tremendous amount of work and also kind of a crazy idea which I support.
1: Oh, thank you. I like that last part that you support it. It yeah. is crazy. Um okay, it's definitely crazy. Why did we decide to do it? Well, we have at Coalition Snow we've been creating content for quite a while. So we have a podcast called Juicy Bits. Um, we have this Lady Parts website and newsletter that goes out. Um, so we've been writing and, and creating, and then I do a lot of pu- public speaking as well. So there's been this content creation has been pretty big for us. And, and we've, we've come to recognize that a lot of human beings feel connected to us because of the content that we create um, obviously there's a huge draw for people who love to ski and snowboard, but above and beyond that, like we have this message and we have this mission that is really quite different from a lot of other ski and snowboard companies and really just sort of like companies in 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 general. So we sort of like knew that. And then we did we conducted a a, a pretty large study in the in the spring of everybody who was on our email list. Um and really ask them like how is it that they engage with us and what is it that they would want from us and the interesting thing this is and this is like crazy to me 60% of the people who responded to our survey have never bought anything from coalition and they and they just subscribed to our newsletter to read it to read the content Oh really? Yeah. Yep. So you see something like that and you're like okay we have all these people who are aligned with our brand and actively participate. I mean, we didn't even give anything away for people. Like there was no gift cards or anything for people to participate in the survey. And we had hundreds of people respond. And to get that kind of data out of it, that the majority of people who are highly engaged with your brand have never bought anything and don't plan on it. And they only hang out with you because of the content that you create is really significant so that was a really big piece and then it's always been in sort of like the larger coalition plan to actually create content and we like when i think back to some of my earlier like vision around where the company would go i thought that we'd do a lot of content on online um but it feels and this is you know call me crazy check my but uh, I, I don't know like it, it feels like print is sort of making a comeback um, and that people like we only want to spend so much time on our devices and there's something like beautiful um, about this tangible product that is you know luxurious paper and incredible photography and art and, and something that you want to keep on your coffee table and, and look at and that that is a like fundamentally different experience than reading a story on online so we've decided that we, we want to push through with the print magazine to just create something that is beautiful and interactive um, versus just content on a website. So that was really what drove that was more like the, the artistic vision. Um, and We'll see. I mean, we'll give it a shot and see how it goes. To have a print mag, and ideally, it works out. And if it doesn't, we'll just figure it out, like we've figured everything else out <laughs> for all these years.
0: You uh, do you intend to also have a digital magazine as well, or are you going straight print?
1: We'll do a digital magazine too that um, you can subscribe to. Um, it it won't be. Um, it won't be free content because one thing that we're trying to do and, and uh, I I think people will really appreciate this is we don't want to create a magazine that has full page ads on every other page. You know, like you, you look at so many magazines now and you're really just, you know, the the content is really thin and it's just a lot of advertisements. and, And quite honestly, that's like just a waste of, paper. Um, and it's not in- engaging at all. So the way that we're actually going to make the magazine viable is through, sub- through subscription and through sales. And so, um, we'll have the print version and then we'll have an online version that you can download and then a little bit of content on the website, but we're not going to have this full blown, um, website with all the content. Cause then why would you buy the magazine? right? If you can just read all of it. So that's sort of the the business side behind it. Um, and like I said, we'll just see, like, we'll see how it goes. Uh, we'll see how people receive it. I, I know that it's going to take getting out, you know, we have to get out one or two issues for people to really understand what it is that we're trying to do. And um, so going into this first one, it's going to be um, like more, more difficult. I hope this is more difficult than what it is uh, mo- moving on. But ideally people like it. That's we're going for, we're going for people liking it. That's what we're hoping to achieve.
0: I think that's great. I think people will like it. Yeah. And I think too, like with podcasting, it's not something that you like scroll and you flip through. Like if there's a certain amount of intention that comes with listening to a podcast, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: which is the same thing with print, with a print magazine that you actually pay for, yeah. is, you know, you, you want to sit there and spend time with it. And like, that's kind of like your break from reality. And
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, do you miss, were you obsessed with like ski and snowboard magazines as a kid or a teenager? Do, like, were you into that?
1: I wasn't obsessed with skiing snowboard magazines as a kid. Cause quite honestly, I, I didn't even start, I didn't get into the sport till I was 16 years old because my family never went, but I've actually always been a fan of magazines and little known fact, I have a degree in print journalism. So that's kind of how obsessed I was oh, wow. with the written word is I went to school for it um, and have a degree that I really never put in to good use. I mean, I write, I always write a lot. Um, so this is sort of a, a for me, a, a bit of a return to my roots and things that I was really excited about 20 years ago when I was in college and, um, but yeah, I've always had like, you know, I'm, I'm the person who loves to go to the indie bookstores and buy up all the zines and I keep stuff forever. And, um, you know, I have, I have collections of magazines that have not, that have followed me from like house to house. It's a problem.
0: Yeah. it's a really good problem. Yeah. That's, that's amazing. You have a print journalism degree.
1: Yeah. That was my first degree. And then I didn't. And then at the time, like the the degree really focused on writing for newspapers. And I'd done some internships at some newspapers. And I found like I wasn't into it. I didn't like the culture and the scene. And I don't know, I think I was also too young. Like, I was 21 when I graduated from college. So I was way too young to think about like really having this um, like career. I don't know. Uh, it wasn't right f- for me. So I didn't. Um, I just kind of like moved in more into the outdoor industry at that time and did a lot of guiding in my 20s but um yeah like back in the day i used to take photos and develop my own film like i had a dark room um so this is i mean a print magazine is definitely sort of near and dear to my my heart
0: that's so cool (laughs) you're just going back to you're kicking it old school kind of but making it modern yeah totally Are you one of those people that, like all of us, really struggles to get it all in in one day? Like there's so much to do between work and life and skiing and skiing and more skiing that no one has time to go to the grocery store. You don't have time. I don't have time. Well, guess what? There's a solution where you can get food ordered to your door. It's awesome. But you know what's even more awesome? WheelieCreative.com. It's a creative agency for outdoor brands. We believe that life should be lived, felt, and shouted from mountaintops. And Wheelie is a new school creative agency for people who thrive outside. You thought you were going to hear about some type of food delivery service, but I fooled you into listening to another Wheelie Creative commercial. So check it out. WheelieCreative.com. Branding, strategy, design, all kinds of good stuff for the outdoor industry. That's also why your email newsletters are so good
1: <laughs> I'm, I'm glad you think they are good because I like every time I sit down to write to write one I just think to myself good Lord do people want to hear from me again this week I don't know but then people email me back and I'm like oh that people are reading it okay yeah cool but yeah I love writing I really enjoy it I really enjoy it and one of the things that's been super fun about starting the magazine is the people I've been able to interview so we have um, other contributors to the magazine. It's not like the Jen Garecki show, show, um, but there are a few people that I've sat down to interview. And that is so rewarding to ask these incredible human beings questions and get to listen to them and then think about how you're going to tell their, their story. It's been really, really fun. Do
0: you find that that's another reason you enjoy having your own podcast?
1: I think so. Yeah. And also because I love Jillian, who is the co-host and she and I um, – yeah, we just love each other to death. And we have so much it's fun. Like we have so much fun every time we go into the studio. And what I really like about it is that we we always sort of think about what it is that we want to to talk about, like what each episode is is going to be. And um, it gets us oftentimes like talking at a much deep, deeper level and just as as friends to be able to sort of explore these um, bigger issues uh, is and then be able to record it and then share that with people is, is really cool. So yeah, the Juicy Bits podcast is really fun.
0: And I like how you just kind of use creativity in general as a way of like playing with the world around you and like, well, this is fun. So I'm going to do it. And I like this, so I'm going to do it. And then now let's <laughs> do society. Like you're not taking it too seriously. Yeah. Even though you tackle some pretty serious topics and subjects, I would say. So I think, yeah. I think there's an art to that. I don't know how you do it.
1: I don't know. I mean, I think that it's, there's a lot of things that I've let go of in my life that I think, um make this, make it possible to do these things. Like I don't need stability or security. Um, I've gotten really used to things, you know, one week things are up, another week things are down. Um, that can be really difficult to get used to. And w- when when you're starting creative projects or when you're a creative, I, I think that, you know, you're, it's not like a paycheck comes, it's not like a nine to five thing. Um, so I've gotten really used to that. I also just know that um, like life is too short to take anything that seriously. Like we should all be professional and have pride in our work, but I've tried to not let sort of my ego get wrapped up in it. And and if something doesn't work or if people don't like it, like it's not about me, it's about the product and then I can just do something in a different way. Um, and so that I feel like really frees, frees me up to be able to try new things because I'm not afraid of um, the failure. And I'm not afraid of what people are going to think about it. Um, and a lot of stuff that we do, like some people like it and some people don't like, I, I get that and that's fine, you know? Um, but it is like to let go of like needing approval or have like thinking or being perfect or, um, you know, having like this, like, like a lot of stability and security just, I think allows you to be creative and, and create.
0: I think one of the most powerful sentences that I learned in business when I was like, you know, when I go after a new project or a new person or something is I always try to use the phrase, feel free to say no, but Mm -hmm. blah, 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 blah. And then, you know, like showing that there's a detachment Mm -hmm. and like, yeah, you can say no and you you can say yes, you can say no. And like showing that there's a separation between kind of your ideas and, and how they land.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Cause it's not, I think a lot of times we get really hung up on doing things because we do make everything so personal and it doesn't need to be, um, you know, at, at the end of the day, it's, it's work. Um, and then also a lot of us, like, what do we do? We're in the outdoor industry. Like we're not heart surgeons, you know, like we're not setting people to the moon. Um, so I think it's just helpful to have like a bit of a reality check and, and not, not think that like what we're doing is like so important or has to happen or, you know, it's just part of it's just part of something bigger. And it's yeah, it's like really it's really awesome to be able to contribute to what I would say is like building this this movement of um, supporting women and and um, like the whole, you know, diversity, equity, inclusion conversation that's happening and really being someone who can say like, well, here's the tangible things that we're doing to push this agenda for forward without also thinking that like it's 100% my job and I can't fail and you know like it's it's fun to be able to take things that are i think really challenging in life and can actually be really traumatic and find creative ways to approach them
0: absolutely do you think that because women are trending right now that eventually men will be trending again men have always been really cool
1: They have always been, yeah, like some are really cool, some not so much, but there's some some good ones out there for sure. Um, I don't know, it's interesting because like men are, well, white men, and then we can take it one step further, like straight white men are like the pillar of normalcy, right? So they're what everything is compared against. Um, Women are trending, but we also are still compared to men and i think like when when we realize true change we're not going to use the straight white man as the metric for normal where everything is um in opposition or against or different than right and so i think we have a lot of work to do because there's we're we're popular but but Women are, are not perceived to be the norm. Humans are not perceived to be the norm. Like um, people of color are not perceived to be the norm. So we, we have a lot of work to do there. Um, I don't know. I, I mean, there's something recently just happened that sort of shocked me. And I don't know if you saw it, but um, SIA, Snow Sports Industry of America, just released their diversity report like two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And did did you see it? Did you read it?
0: I did. But go on
1: okay i should all right i should have emailed you immediately i read this fucking thing like 10 times over and could not make sense of what i was reading because i'm thinking diversity report okay i'm going to hear about like women people of color um lgbtq like you know i'm going to like read about these things and how we're making progress or not across these areas Instead, what I read was a report that it's incredibly unclear how it was how the survey was put together. like what what was the, the tool and what what was the sample size? Like it's really actually kind of difficult to understand that. but a report that reveals that white men do not feel represented by the snow sports industry. They don't feel represented by retailers. They don't feel represented by um, manufacturers. And women actually reported feeling more represented. Did did you read it the same way? Am I crazy here? I did, and I was like, huh, hmm, huh, huh. Uh- <laughs> like, I'm. So, what fucking world are we living in that white men think that the snow sports industry does not represent them? I mean, I don't care how much women are, are trending. If we did like a full on statistical analysis. There is no question in my mind that it would actually, that men would still be, uh, they would constitute more more stories, more images, more products, more humans employed, more humans in leadership positions. I mean, across the board, Mm -hmm. to read that was shocking to me because what it actually said to me, and I have no proof in this, this is just my opinion on it, is that we actually are sort of regressing a little bit because- either men are feeling so insecure or so unstable or their egos are so fragile that they that they don't feel represented which is a f- like full departure from reality um and i i found that report to be shocking and i did share it with some other people a phone call was made to sia um they could not say how the report or how the survey was conducted. Um, They also didn't even seem to understand that findings like that deserved some context. You know, like where was where was their stance of, hey, everyone, we did this survey and we were really surprised to see this. um, And this is this is what we gleaned from it. And here is how we you know, here's how and as a, a member driven organization are going to address some of these findings because they are surprising there is zero context around it so i'm like how do you create a survey like this put it out into the world which is it's kind of appalling and shocking and then not do anything about it so that that makes me feel like women are just a trend and that we really aren't making as much progress as we think we are and that when in terms of like engaging men as allies um, which is, I don't think that that's necessarily our jobs. I think that's like men to figure out how to, how to be allies for us. Yeah. Like, I don't think that that's happening either. And that was disappointing, but yeah, that report shocked me.
0: Yeah. That's pretty wild. Yeah. And maybe, you know, maybe men are just noticing that, that there's, there is a shift away from them and they're not really sure what to do with that.
1: Right. And I think that's fair. I mean, I think that there, I think it would be really fair for white men to say, I am seeing that the industry is also focusing on people who don't look like me or for the first time. Was, but like to, to think, to say that you're not being represented is just, yeah. Like, like where's like, let's all exist in reality, please. So um, yeah. yeah, it's crazy. It is crazy. Mm.
0: It is crazy. And I think, Like, just how the world itself is set up for dudes. Um, Like, you know, cars are ergonomically created for bigger human beings than most Mm -hmm. women are. And, you know, like, at our office at Wheelie, we have, like, whiteboards hanging for shorter people. And, um, Mm -hmm. like, the guys have to squat down when they write on the whiteboards. And, like, it's kind of accidentally been ergonomically set up for women. And Mm -hmm. I just find that fascinating. And, like, I just don't know if that shift will ever change or like what you know how is society supposed to build cars like for what body and whose body and like it's just such a strange strange thing that manufacturers have to come to terms with and deal with and address so
1: yeah well and it's also I mean for to your point I mean I that's one of the reasons why I don't even think unisex gear is even possible um I mean in a in a in a world completely devoid of of gender um Perhaps you could have unisex, but but to to think that there's not gender bias or that there's not certain preferences that particular human beings have based on their gender um, is like. That's going to infiltrate like everything from the design through the R and D through the marketing. Um, I don't really see how you can be gender neutral when we do not live in a society that is gender neutral. And it's like gender. This it feels like there's a little bit of like a move towards gender neutrality in equipment, but I honestly think that that's just brands who are you know manufacturers who are trying to actually cut their bottom line because it means one mold instead of multiple molds. You know, like. Um, and then also it's a it's a way to address the issues of women without actually having to address them. Just so an easy way out.
0: Yeah, because molds and things like that are so expensive and like I mm-hmm. I get where brands are coming from, but my God. Yeah. Yeah, that's a big, big subject to tackle. Mm-hmm. 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 At least at least you're doing your part with coalition. Trying
1: to, just doing what we can. <laughs> <laughs> every damn day, just a little yep. bit here and there. Yep. It's exciting though.
0: When are you when's your next speaking engagement? Cuz I always try to go to those. They're hilarious.
1: Oh, thanks. So I um we have an event here in Reno, Women as Changemakers on the 21st of this month. Um so I will be emceeing and then also speaking at that. And then at the end of February, I've been invited to give a keynote down at June Lake, um which is right outside of Mammoth. Um and it'll be around cycling across africa as well wow Mm -hmm.
0: that's gonna be intense and amazing
1: Mm -hmm. i did i did a mini talk not last week but the week before um an ignite talk that was five minutes and i and i talked about the trip and managed to fit like all the big pieces in so i think i can actually do it in a way that like i don't cry on stage and i don't come off super angry just a little angry so i think that that's good (laughs) (laughs) that'll be
0: really good yeah Yeah. i'm excited can i is that ignite one online yet
1: no it's not online yet but it should be so they did record it um and i don't even know like i don't even know if it was good or not because i was one of the people to go later and a lot of people were drunk and then um i like started like 10 seconds late and so i was just like kind of thrown off a little bit but um yeah we'll see but that should be going online soon and then I think the keynote down in mammoth. Oh, and I'm giving a keynote at the Tahoe women's fund in Lake Tahoe as well at the end of October. So lots of speaking stuff coming up. Um, Couple panels. We'll have some panels at outdoor retailer in November and January. So people should come check those out. Those are always fun. Um, But yeah. Wow. Okay. Cool. Well, uh, yeah. Thanks
0: for being here. Yeah. My pleasure. All right. I'll chat with you soon. You can follow Jen on Instagram at, at Yogurecki, Y-O-G-U-R-E-C-K-I and you can obviously follow Coalition Snow. Subscribe to the Juicy Bits podcast, go to her public speaking events, and then obviously you're going to want to buy Sisu, the magazine, when it's available. So, uh, make sure you subscribe to all of these things. Her content is amazing. Flawless use of commas, which I'm a huge fan of. And, uh, the more Jen in your life, the better. Believe me. Tune in next week as I talk to my friend, Ash Bocast, who is 50% of the amazing events company. This is Rome. She and her partner, Andy, are responsible for putting on Rome Bike Fest, my favorite event. That happens twice a year. It's my favorite event of the year twice a year, and I get to talk to Ash, and Ash is the best. So tune in next week, and uh, I'll talk to you then. Yeah. Oh my God. Can I tell you about the Walmart parking lot in Poulson, Montana? Have you been to it? Because it is amazing. There's like a million dollar view out the backside. So as long as you're not there on a delivery night where they're delivering everything in the middle of the night, oh my gosh, like maybe one of the best views we've ever had anywhere. And it's like in the back of a Walmart parking lot in Montana. It's amazing. You can totally see the lake and it like sunset and all the colors and you're like up on this hill.
1: It's yeah. A plus Walmart. A plus.